Welcome to Beyond the Pulpit with Rodrigo Luna. This episode was produced to explore life beyond public ministry, finding a balance between life, ministry, and the call of God. Thanks so much for tuning in. In the last segment, we discussed the importance of being a worship seer in the musical eyes. I believe that this is one of my assignments in the earth is to continue to develop uh, worship people or worship teaching that will um, help leaders and even believers on engaging the presence of God. I think that that is part, actually part of the assignment of prophetic people, to teach people how to engage the presence of God. And so we talked about the importance of worship, what it is, um, who um, worship uh, is important to, and the importance of the kingdom of God being a heart kingdom and not a physical appearance. And we left off in something that I want to continue to develop today, <clears throat> That is to purpose to match the presence. Um, in First Samuel chapter nine, verse nine, it says, "Before in Israel, when a man went to inquire of God, thus he spake, Come and let us go to the seer, for he that is now called a prophet was before time, before time called a seer." And you know, as believers, <clears throat> we have the capacity to see what our Father is going to do. The biblical definition of the word seer is to foresee, to see the invisible realm of the kingdom, to have eyesight directed, to see what is appearing, to have an experience, and to recognize what it is. What do you mean by what it is? His presence um, <clears throat> has a, a purpose in anything that we do, whether it's not even worship, whether it's teaching, whether it's preaching, whether it's prophesying, the presence of God has a purpose. If you are a seer and you feel the presence of God, don't go to your regular song. Ask the Lord, what do you want me to say to this atmosphere? What is it that you want my purpose to be in this atmosphere? Give me a song of purpose to match the presence in the atmosphere. Those are some of the great qualifications or great questions, I'm sorry, that any worship leader will ask God during the time of worship. You know, many many worship leaders or believers don't even take the time to do that. They simply uh, see something that makes a reaction or causes a reaction or is a form of trigger to the people in that they're singing in front of, and they'll continue to build upon that. And while it is good, it becomes emotional worship. So it's not leading them into the presence of God. It's leading them into an emotional state where they're therefore after it does not uh, create or generate an everlasting changing experience. And I think that that's something that can be a struggle <clears throat> for many worship leaders. Um, I believe that there is many struggles. Like, for example, another struggle that I have seen worship leaders have is to get the team to cooperate or to get the um, congregation to engage in worship. And this is why being prophetic is so important, because if you don't know what you're looking for, what you're looking at will deceive you. So, so many worship leaders today, they get in front of a congregation or they get in front of a gathering where they're uh, singing, they've been brought in to sing, and they have reference points inside of themselves that know that trigger the reaction of people. But just because you can get the reaction of men does not mean that you're getting the, re the action of God's heart. Just because you're getting the reaction of man does not mean 
that you're moving the heart of God. You know, I've traveled to services that become dry and it becomes so frustrating because the worship singing singer is singing a song that does not match the presence in that building. And I often I'm told by apostle or by the person I'm traveling for, you look mad or you look angry. Um, my wife has told me in the past, what's with your face? And now she knows that whenever that moment comes, it's because the worship is vexing me. I just don't like when worship does not match the presence. And I am so heavy into that belief because I believe that worship prepares the place you know it's many even the worship can be secondary to some people in some places is preliminary for the next that you're doing you know as worship leaders <clears throat> we have to think in sequence you have to think what i'm worshiping about now what my pastor is preaching about now has to push what he's going to do it's not that you're servicing man but if your pastor is being led by the Spirit of God to do and to preach about something, you should be led to follow that the leader and push him, push the message, push what she's preaching about. And it's amazing when you're prophetic how much it changes. You know, in our local congregation at Crusaders Church, Catherine Summers Kelly oftentimes does not know what apostle will preach, but because of how prophetic she's become or her nature inside of um, the prophetic worship realm she um, has a discernment to discern the day and she'll begin to sing about songs about what apostle ends up preaching and it is amazing to me today that being behind the scenes I can see how she'll lead the song she'll lead the worship she'll lead the prophetic moments without having to communicate with apostle about what he's preaching but because there's a discernment that has been developed for the local congregation it now changes how she thinks. You know, just because you're able to go to a gathering or you go to different places and you can discern or you can sing a song that moves people does not mean that you're prepared to lead in a worship house, um, in a worship local assembly. And many people today, they don't want to be a part of a local church. They just want to travel, worship, minister. And if you don't lead worship in churches, how do you know how to uh, mobilize people in the teams? You can never learn something on the road you can never re replace the local church it doesn't matter how many times you've done it in the past nothing will ever replace the local congregation <clears throat> many times we have to ask when we're in different me meetings or places we've had to ask the leader to change the flow this is not being mean or rude but we should not allow a singer with a microphone and a melody to destroy the work of god correction is not appropriate if it's not redirective. So simply what we're doing is giving a redirective instruction. You know, having a good voice is not only the qualification to becoming a worship leader. It's a major one. However, being able to see where the service is going is just as important. If you can't see anything, you can't lead anything. And that's not just in worship, but that's in leadership. If you can't see, you can't lead. You can't sing, you can sing backup, but your gift can lead us into the presence of God because you can't see. You know, many people think that that's just kind of rough. But the reality is that, if again, if you can't see, <clears throat> you can't sing. We must recognize what it is. We must develop our eyes to distinguish between prophetic and mechanical. Um, 
we have to consider, we have to respect and provide the presence to match the purpose of the gathering. You are seeing the work of God as it happens, before it happens, I'm sorry. You can see before it happens. And I learned this um, and got an impartation from it. But there's a scripture in Galatians chapter 3 that I believe if you study it, it'll really help you. It talks about when God gave, <clears throat> when, when he was asking the people about supply. And I'm trying to find the scripture as we talk about it because this is something that I was just reminded by the Lord now. And I think that it'll really be beneficial to many believers today because some we just get caught up in mechanical worship. You know, mechanical worship um, it's, it's, it's something that almost hurts the place that we're in. And I think that when we develop those places or those territories, we really can, uh, or not territories, but when we develop those habits, um, we allow man's um, heart to become hardened and we don't allow it to be prepared for the presence of God. So it's in Galatians chapter 3, and <clears throat> this is so important, so vital. Once you see it, you cannot unsee it. You know, this is the, the um, this is something that I believe that Paul was trying to impose on the, not impose, but impart into the Galatians because he knew the value of the supply of God. So when you go to Galatians chapter 3, it says, You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you, before whose eyes Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified? This is the only thing I want to find out from you. Did you receive by the Spirit, by the works of the law, or by the hearing um, with faith? Are you so foolish, having begun by the Spirit? Are you now being perfected by the flesh? Did you suffer so for many things? If needed, was in vain? So then does he who provide, and the word in this, in this translation is provide, but in a lot of places is supply. It says, so does then he who, do, this is verse 5, so then does he who provide you with the Spirit and works miracles among you, does it by the works of law or by the hearing with faith? What is it basically saying? Hearing with faith, that's prophecy. So does he do it by the law, mechanics, or does he do it by the Spirit, hearing with faith, prophecy? And I want to read um, this, this, this um, definition here because this is something that really allowed me to see before it happens. The word for the Greek word um, <clears throat> supply there is the Greek word epikorio ego. That's a three word, um, that's, I'm sorry, that's one word that is simply composed of three different composites inside of the Greek. Um, and it basically derives from three different places, which is epi, choreo, and then ego. You know, epi <clears throat> means to see from, a, to see, choreo means from above, ego means to be able to administer. So, to furnish besides, to fully supply, to aid or contribute, to add, to minister, those are some, some of the um, definitions there. Again, epi is one, to see from above. Choreo means choreo ego, as are the two other components, which basically mean to administer, to put in place, to furnish. So when God is in a service, remember the scripture when Jesus is praying and says, I can only do what I see my father doing. What does that mean? Inside of this revelation of worship, we can only see what the father is doing in the heavens and so whenever that moment comes in place if you're seeing it before it happens you have to prepare your worship heart to create and generate something that will match the presence of god for that moment the purpose to match the presence the holy ghost decides that all believers 
understand that if we will press into God, we can be a seer in the area of responsibility that we're called to. If you can see in the area that you're called to, you are responsible to delegate that presence of God. One specific area um, that I believe we must um, develop in excellence is in our worship services is even in the area of the altar workers of the ushers. They should be so prophetic that it does not take the leader to say, can you come now? We have we must have worship seers in our helps ministries. Come on, they're, they're going to be established now. They know when to go. Teams that are able to anticipate and proactively think, oh, I must get this done before it gets there. And that is some of the greatest um, assets that we can develop inside of our congregation for worship. You know, we need seers in all of our departments, not just in worship, but we need seers that can prepare um, to support. And I think that that's just so valuable that that will help tremendously to see the future inside of worship. Um and I want to encourage you, if you are a worship leader, if you're in a place where you're stuck and you want to get unstuck, I want to encourage you um, to go into the store and perhaps even get this book on worship that myself, Apostle Eckhart, Kevin Leo, um, and Jenny Weaver have cre- um, redesigned. Again, it was a book that came by David um, Blomgren, and he was a reformer in the early um 1900s around 1970s or 1950s i believe is 1957 i believe is the time that uh he was probably thriving in his ministry and uh we went to our good friends at destiny images larry sparks and they allowed us to redesign this worship book so i want to encourage you to go if you're a worship leader or if you're even a worship believer and you're just having a hard time engaging the presence of god I want to encourage you to go to um, Amazon or Books.com or go to any of those places and get the book. It'll bless you. It'll help you. It'll redesign something inside of you. I believe that there are many of you who may be even listening who are not worship leaders, but you are just a believer and you have a hard time engaging. And this book will be able to even give you the ability to put a demand on the anointing. So I want to encourage you to do that. You can find it on Amazon, uh, Barnes Nobles, books, books.com or oldchristianbooks.com and, and be blessed, be encouraged because I believe that there is a worship reformation that's coming in the days to come. Thanks so much for tuning in for another episode of Beyond the Pulpit. We will catch you next time. God bless. Beyond the Pulpit with Rodrigo Luna. This episode was produced to explore life beyond public ministry, finding a balance between life, ministry, and the call of God.